Ginger London, thank you for listening in to the Ginger London Ministry Show. On tonight, we're going to continue on. We're doing part four of our Got to Get Myself Together uh, uh, Relationship and Life Strategies Conference that we're actually doing live, uh, virtually uh, on the Internet. We're starting with um, 12 blog talk radio shows, and then we're moving on to 12 telecalls. So this series that we're in right now for the first six segments is on kingdom living. And that's what we're into right now. And so tonight's show is intentional focus, and we're talking about uh, being happy. And what does it mean to be uh, happy? And so that's what we're dealing with on tonight. And so, again, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we're going to get started with a word of prayer, and we're going to get right into um, the lesson on tonight Father we thank you on tonight We love you Lord God We honor your name We bless you oh God And Father we thank you right now That your joy is our strength Lord God We thank you Father God That we can depend on you That we can rely on you oh God And Father no matter what we're going through Whether we're sad Whether we are um, disappointed in life Father we can get into your word And we can actually be rejuvenated And refreshed and revitalized, Lord God. We thank you that you are a God that knows everything about us, even down to the numbers of hairs on our head. Father, your word says that you will perfect those things that concern us. Father, and so we release them to you right now. We cast our cares upon you because you care for us. And, Father, we stand on Acts 26 and 2 that says, I think myself happy. And in that, Father God, we bless your name, and I pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you again so much for joining. Um, our main scriptures um, for tonight are, are Acts uh, chapter 26, verse 2, a part of verse 2, and it says, I think myself happy. And it goes on, it says, King Agrippa, and this is Paul talking, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews. I think myself happy, he says. And sometimes a lot of people are unhappy because of what other people are doing in their lives and around their lives and what they're saying to them. Also, we're going to use um, Nehemiah chapter 8. And again, most of us know um, this scripture, verse 10. And it says in verse 10, then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions of those 
for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is the holy of the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And also we're going to use um, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 20. So if you're taking notes, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 20. We're going to use that scripture as well, and then we'll get right into the teachings on tonight. It says, he who heeds the word wise who will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. And so on tonight, we're talking about intentional focus. Um, on being happy, uh, ha- happiness is a choice. We choose to be happy, and God gives us the power of choice in a number of areas of our lives. He says, "Choose ye this day who you're going to serve." Okay, it tells us God tells us to choose. Um, either today you're going to choose blessings, or you're going to choose curses. And so we have the ability to make choices. And so in order for us to be or to live a fulfilled life where we experience the joy of the Lord as our strength, we have to choose um, to be happy. Happiness is a choice. It is something that we choose to be. A person could have all the money in the world and they could still be unhappy or still be unable to acquire what it is that they really want, which is happiness, because you can't really buy happiness. A person could be surrounded by all their friends and their loved ones and still be lonely. A person could uh, could have to eat bugs to survive, and that person could be happy. They could be living out on the reservation somewhere, not having all of the amenities of life, and that person could be happy. Why? It's because that person chooses to be happy with what they have by being mindful of the moment, by recognizing the potential um, that that moment has or that their life has at that time. So people have have the ability to choose to be happy. So getting into the habit of being happy is easy. First, we have to learn to appreciate our blessings and see the good and the greater meanings of things. And, uh, you know, it could be the small things that are surrounding our lives that we need to be able to appreciate. You know, sometimes we're looking for these big old manifestations and we're waiting until maybe you buy a house or a car or uh, get a lot of money and then you think you're going to be happy. Paul says it like this, I've learned to be content in what, whatever state that I'm in because I've abounded and I've been a base. So we have to learn to appreciate the moment that we're living in at that at, at right now we have to appreciate that moment. So in order to appreciate the moment, you have to make sure that your focus is intentional. And so the question that I ask you is what have you been focusing on lately? You know, how well um is life going for you right now or or how uh on how much business do you have going on? But the key question is how what have you been focusing on lately? Remember I said what you think is what you are. And the scripture says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So what have you been focusing on? You know, um, most people think, uh, uh, most people don't think like that. They don't think that um, what, you know, whatever they're thinking is what they are. They think the exact opposite of that. Most people concentrate on all the things that are going on wrong with their lives. And most people spend much of their time thinking about their problems and wondering how they're going to solve them. And then you have people thinking about all the things that could go wrong in their lives and about the people or events that stand in their way of their success. 
you know, and then you have people think, uh, most people think and think and think about whatever it is that worries them. They worry a lot. They spend a lot of time worrying. And most people focus on so much of what they are afraid of or what bothers them or what stresses them out or what they um, don't know how to solve that they're giving all or most of their conscious energy to a negative outcome. And that is they create a problem. They create a, they create a problem. With all the worry, and that problem is they're not happy in life. And sometimes they don't realize that it's because of all of the thinking that you're doing, the worrying that you're experiencing that's causing you uh, to be unhappy in life. So what are you thinking on? You know, so when you answer that question, what are you thinking on, the next question is what is the outcome that you want? Okay, what type of outcome do you get from worrying about stuff all the time? You know, what 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 do you get from that? And we can honestly say we don't get a lot from worrying about things. You know, we spend a lot of time worrying, but we don't get anywhere worrying. So what kind of outcome uh, do you want? The, you know, the more uh, you give your energy to one thing, the more that one thing has a possibility of coming into a being. So if you spend a lot of time worrying in your life, then more like more than likely, then whatever you're worrying about is going to produce even a bigger problem because you're going to spend a lot of time worrying about it. So if you concentrate on on something, like for example, if you concentrate on writing a book and you put all of your energy into uh, concentrating on that, then eventually what you're going to do is you're going to follow those steps that you need to follow in order to write that book. All right. If you're concentrating on, say, you're in school, you're in college, and you want to finish a semester or you want to finish your degree, if you concentrate on that, if you put your focus and your energy on that, then you're going to push yourself until you actually get that degree, until you pass all of your exams, until you get out of uh, 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 finish the class or finish college when you actually get the degree. So if you really want to be happy, you have to intentionally focus your energy on doing whatever it is, whatever you need to do to be happy in life. And we're going to go over some of those steps um, on tonight's show. But whatever outcome you want, if you focus on that, that's the outcome you can produce in your life. But if you focus on uh, spend your energy on focusing on things that you really don't want to see happen, then eventually because you put so much energy into it, they'll show up because the the mind is powerful, all right? And so the focus, uh, you got to make sure that your focus is intentional. That means that you have deliberately targeted the, where you want your energy to go, where you want your focus. So if you want to be happy, you have to set that goal that in 2012, I'm going to be happy and I'm going to push myself to be happy. So how do you focus? You know, a lot of times when you worry, uh, your mind goes around and around and around the problem uh, all day or most of the day and some um, or some stress in your life and you, you're very focused on the problem. So it is exactly at that moment that you need to refocus and see your desired goals or outcomes in your mind's eye. Remember I told you in your mind you have uh, the ability to uh, meditate and actually uh, uh, God allows you to see in the, the canvas of your mind a picture of where he's taking you or you can see a picture in your imagination of where you want to go or something that you want to purchase or uh, something that you want to possess, you know. So rather than focusing on all the problems um, 
uh, in your mind. What you want to do is you want to refocus your mind, the power of your mind, and you want to focus on the happiness that you desire uh, as an outcome. And so uh, it doesn't matter whether it's a goal that you have set, uh, if you just want to be happy in life, or it doesn't matter what the difference is, the more uh uh, you um, think about it, the more you focus your energy on that happiness, then you're in a position to achieve it and be able to attract it into your life. The more you think and the more you focus on that goal, on being happy on, uh, in a positive way, the more likely you are to attain that outcome. And that outcome is what we're talking about tonight, and that is to be happy in your life. You know, your your you have to intentionally refocus on positive things because as long as you're focused on problems, as long as you're focusing and worrying about things, then you're unhappy or you're sad a lot or you're disappointed all the time or um, uh, you find yourself um, uh, not um, able to uh, envision exactly what it is God has promised you. So you have to intentionally refocus on the positive, you know, remember the time you spend worrying about being sad, about being unhappy, about being unfilled in life is time spent focusing on the opposite of what you want. So you have to become very aware of all of your thoughts and you got to focus them in the right direction. And you have to do this consistently each time you catch yourself thinking the negative version of your goals or the negative things about what's, about negative things going on in your life until intentionally you are refocusing on the positive, and that becomes second nature to you. When you know how to cast those imaginations down and know how to cast down every thought that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, when you can refocus and and cast those vain imaginations down, uh, the more you practice that, the more it will become second nature, and you can catch that negative thought immediately when it uh, comes into your mind. So you have to develop the habit um of refocusing is almost like um if you want to strengthen your um your muscles in your body you have to develop the habit of working out so then so you have to do the same thing with your brain muscle i call it you with your brain muscle you have to strengthen it so every day you have to think about being happy and every day no matter what's going around going on around you and what the circumstances are you have to go and you have to think in a positive direction uh, um, about your life now. That's not. That doesn't mean that you're in denial about what's going on around you or what's going on in your life, or that if you have some issues of life or some problems that need to be solved or some decisions that need to be made. It doesn't mean that you're in denial about it, but it does mean that you respond differently rather than worrying, rather than rather than um, being down about it, rather than being sad for a continuous period of time. It means that you refocus your energy and you begin to think positive and you find a way to think yourself happy. As Acts 26 and 2 says, I think myself happy. That's the goal for happiness is you have to think yourself happy. As a man thinketh within his heart, which I told you is synonymous with mind, so is he. And so you have to intentionally refocus. So you have to develop um, some um, motivational habits or some, you have to start building some happy habits, I call them. Or you can use the word motivational habits in there. You have to develop some motivational or happy habits in your life. And so 
some of the ways that you can do that is, number one, you need to create visual motivators. You have to find something visual. You know, we are we are visual visual creatures, you know, and visual motivators are extremely important because your surrounding can create the attitude you um, that you have every day. So if you get up every day constantly looking at that bill that you can't seem to get paid off, or if you constantly wake up and you got all of these reminders around you about what's making you sad and what's causing the sadness in your life or what's causing the disappointment in your life, then your attitude is going to be shaped by the visuals that you have around you. So if you are in, say, a negative atmosphere and you you want to uh, you want and, and you want to feel uh, motivated, uh, um, then you have to do something opposite of that negative. Because if you stay in that negative atmosphere, then you won't be motivated. You won't be happy. You eventually just be negative. All the time, and it'll show up on your tongue. So one thing that you can do is you can create uh, visual motivators to to create that positive atmosphere and to help you um, to be happy on a daily basis. And so uh, some of your some things that you can use as visual motivators are like uh, positive quotes that you read um, that maybe you've um, read from a book, or if you have. Um, uh, one of those uh, devotional type books where every day they have a word of encouragement in it. You can use positive quotes um, that you could focus on. You might um, uh, uh, really focus on those quotes that actually help change your life or you feel that it's speaking directly to you and that you know if you continue to read them and continue to say them that it will bring change to your life. Okay, you can you can post them on the walls. You can put them in the um, in the cubicles of you if you live in, in your office. If you're in a cubicle or on your desk, you can frame it. Do anything that you need to do to think yourself happy, to get yourself to a place where you're excited about life again. So do everything. Get a calendar or. Purchase one of those um, calendars where there's a quote on every day or either every month, you know, um, and it's a quote a day or, you know, monthly quotes on the calendars. And then uh, there are some that you can focus on each day. Put that calendar on your desk and every day intentionally read whatever that encouragement is that's on that calendar. So create a visual, create some visual um Motivated, those things that will bring a smile um, to your face and that will help you uh, really feel good and become positive and to make you think happy thoughts so that you can begin to change um, your innermost feelings about life and about what's going on in your life, what's going on around your life. So create visual motivators. Then also... um, Maintain positive and happy friends. That's very important. See, God created us for uh, relationships, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. We're we're created to have a relationship with God, and then we're created to have a relationship with each other. And there are different types of relationships that we have with each other. You have family relationship, friends, close friends that you have. You have personal uh, relationship, romantic-type relationships. You have um, marital relationships. You have relationships with your brothers and sisters. You have siblings, you know. So maintain um, some positive and happy friends in your life. And friends are those people that you get along with and with the people who really care about you. Not just some acquaintances that you have, but it's the people that really care about you and that you actually that you get along with. Those are the people who are, are who 
are always building you up and who want to make who want to actually make you feel good. It's not the drainers, it's not the dream killers and all those folks. It's not the folks that's just pulling on you all the time. Drain you always getting something from you but never putting back anything into your life. It's the people who really have a genuine concern for you and who really care about you and want to build you up. So if you have friend a friend that shoots you down or makes you feel negative all the time, then you you probably need to redefine that friendship. Um, either redefine it where they you keep them at a distance, or you may have to cut that um, friendship off because you need somebody in your life that can help lift your spirits. You know, always spend time with the people who make you feel good about life and good about yourself, not people who are always criticizing you and pointing out your negative, uh, the negative things of your life, you know, uh, telling you, oh, that doesn't look good on you, what you bought that for, you know, those kind of people or, you know, their their tone is always full of criticism. Every time they talk to you or the majority of the time that they're speaking to you, it's full of criticism. That's, those are not the people that you want around. You want the people who can offer you constructive criticism, but who mostly want to build you up and want to love you and care about you. Those are the people that you want to spend your time with. Because uh, the more time you spend around people who make you feel good then and, and those who are happy and, and those who are happy people, then the better you'll feel. The happier you'll be. You know, when you're around people who are jovial, who are happy, who smile a lot, you know, who are who have a sense of humor, you know, who just know how to get along with people, the more time that you spend around people who are like that, the happier you become because it lifts your spirits. It causes you to be happy. You know, um there's a saying, you know, um, we're known by the company that we keep. Well, if you want to be known as a happy person, then be around happy people. That doesn't mean that they don't ever experience sadness in their life or disappointment or that they don't ever um, have some um, low moments in life. But what it does mean is is that their life overall is a life of happiness and a life of uh, joy and peace and love. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is evident in their lives. And so those are the people that you want to um actually spend your time uh around. And so those maintain positive uh friends, you know. Um uh you want to uh there are some situations where you're gonna have to redefine the situation. I mean the relationship. You know, if you decide to cut some people out of your life who are not positive or um uh who uh might um uh, create some difficulties in your life on a continuous basis. I'm not talking about, you know, every once in a while you run into a little friction with somebody, you disagree about something or, you know, you may get angry about something and it cools down and then, you know, you talk about it and everything is okay. I'm talking about the people who on a consistent basis bring some negativity or some difficult situations to your life. You're going to have to redefine those um, situations. So, and usually when you have to do that, sometimes it might be a little hard for you because you've been friends with that person a long time, or uh, maybe you've been coworkers for a long time. So you may have to, you may have to, you may um, uh, choose to gradually redefine that relationship. You know, you may because there are some people you can talk to them about their negativity and about you know, well, you know, you lately you've just been negative a lot, or you know, most of the time you're negative, and I'm not comfortable with that. I want to be a happy person. There are some people you can have a conversation with them, and it changes everything because maybe they don't realize that they're coming across as that until they, until someone else 
points it out to them, they don't realize that they're unhappy. They don't realize that they're negative. They don't realize that they're they're um, uh, very critical. You know, so some people you'll be able to talk to them, point it out to them, and they'll change, and you'll see a, you'll see a total shift in their personality. And then there's some people. You're going to talk to them, you're going to mention it, and they're going to say something like, well, this is just who I am. Take it or leave it. That's where you have a, you have to make a tough choice. If they refuse to change, refuse to respect that you want to be a happy person and that you don't want all that negativity around you, then you have to make a difficult choice. And if they present you with that ultimatum, you have to make the choice that's the best for your that's the best one for your life. And the best one for your life is going to be the one that says, I'm not going to be around negativity. You know, the Bible talks to us talks all throughout the Proverbs about the company you keep. Don't keep um, company um, uh, with fools. Don't keep company with angry men. The Bible speaks clearly about the people that we are supposed to be around. So make sure you're around happy people. And then also read and learn, you know, or read and listen, rather. You know, a lot of times, let's go back to that. I was talking about that devotional calendar. There are devotional books that you can buy, you know, that have the scriptures in it, encouraging words, paragraphs that help you through each day. Read, you know, develop a habit of reading devotional and uh, motivational materials every day. That's going to lift your spirits. It's going to put a smile on your face. It's going to help you to be um, to be happy. And then, you know, also listen. Listen to motivational tapes. Listen to um now you can buy scriptures on tape. You can buy um, devotional tape. I'm saying tapes with CDs. You can buy devotionals on CDs now. So, you know, read and listen. Become the, Do whatever you have to do to become the happy person that you desire to be. And so... Do whatever you need to do to actually do that, and then self-talk. The word, you know, you know, there's power of life and death in the tongue. Encourage yourself. The Bible says in First Samuel um, chapter thirty, verse six, that David had to encourage himself in the Lord, and so. Watch your self-talk. Speak into your own life. Encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, make, uh, say some positive talk to yourself. It's very important. Develop a daily habit um, of speaking to and speaking of speaking into your own life. You know, there will be some circumstances where you need to walk uh, yourself through, and and and, uh, and positive talk will help you um, make make it through those times. There are some times where you're not going to be happy all the time, but it's going to be maybe a difficult moment or a crisis situation. And show up. You have to speak. Um, you have to talk. Speak uh, positive over your life. You have to encourage yourself with the word. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. If God is for me, who can be against me? Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. No matter what happens, you have to speak the word over your life. So create some uh, self-talk. You know. Um, because you may not always have people around you who can build you up and who can encourage you. So you can actually create happiness in your own life by speaking to yourself. Speak into your own life. All right? Also, you know, um, as you feed off that positive reinforcement uh, through others, you can uh, also, um, uh, when you encourage yourself, you can now then 
and when somebody else needs encouragement, you have a word on your tongue ready to give them because you you have developed a habit of that positive godly talk that you speak over your own life. So when you encounter somebody and they need that same encouragement, you already have a ready word on your tongue and you can speak it right into their lives. Remember, God will never put more on you than you can bear, that you're more than a conqueror, that anything is possible with God. You can tell them all you need is faith to believe. You know, you can speak so many different scriptures over a person's life that will bring joy to their life, a smile on their face, a nod in their head, and then eventually you'll see a smile show up. You can help other people become happy when you are develop that discipline of happiness in your own life. And then maintain a positive attitude. You know, you can't be happy and um, negative at the same time. You know, there are some situations that will show up that will cause you to be unhappy, you know, but you shouldn't maintain unhappiness in your life. So maintain a positive um, attitude in life. You must be positive. Life is going to be tough. There's going to be some uh, situations that you um are going to encounter, but the key is don't focus on how difficult life is. Deal with the difficulties of life and then go on and be the happy person that God intended for you to be. So uh, that's what one of the main things that you're gonna gonna have to do is that uh, remember to um, uh, be happy in your life. Make make a positive, develop a positive attitude. You know that's vital in your life if you're gonna remain happy. And then also take breaks in life. Learn how to maintain your composure. Don't become so overwhelmed with everything that's going on that you can't function. You get worn down. You you you're spiritually sluggish. You're physically tired. Your brain hurts. You know I get I get like that sometimes. My brain hurts. I think so much sometimes, or I allow so much to overwhelm me and take on other people's stuff and all their issues and all their problems that I become just drained and I become tired. And sometimes I don't slow down enough and don't take enough breaks. Take a break. Learn how to maintain your composure. Learn how to slow down. Learn how to give yourself time to reload and uh, the energy and recharge and re- become revived and refresh again. You know, the scripture says, revive me again, O oh Lord, refresh me. Learn how to rest in God so that you're not overloaded to the point where you just, you know, collapse and, you know, just um, give in to fatigue and, you know, uh, mental uh, uh, mental struggles of heaviness always on your mind. You know, take a break, you know. Do whatever you have to do to take a break. So if taking a break means you watch your favorite movie, then watch your favorite movie. If taking a break means that, you know, uh, you take um, you take a bubble bath for two hours, then take a bubble bath for two hours. Maintain your composure. Do what you have to do. If it means watching a football game, watch the football game or any type, whatever type of sporting event that you invite. If it, if it means getting in the car and driving to the country or driving to the mall and just strolling through the mall and just, you know, looking at uh, in the stores and uh, do do whatever you have to do to take a break, to reload, to refresh, to get yourself together. Because that's the whole thing about 2012. If you want to see the manifestation of what God promised you, you have to be alert. You have to be able to see the move of God in your life. And you're not going to see God moving if you're you're sluggish, if your energy is drained, if you're unhappy, if you're sad. The only thing you're going to do is whine and complain about why why things are not working out for you. This doesn't look right. This is not working out for me. So, uh, find a way to uh, relax, take a break, 
And then find a way to share your happiness with others. You know, um, that's going to be crucial. Find a way to share your happiness with others. You know, there are some people who are excited about hearing other people's testimonies. There are some people who they want to see you happy. They want to see you ex- uh, excited and excelling, you know, in life. And so let's talk a little bit about um, what happiness is. You know, happiness is the fragrance of an obedient life. It's, it's feeling good about uh, about uh, the happenings in your life. You know, when you have when you have a happy life, then you have good feelings about the things that are going on in your life. You know, even if there are unexpected crises or unexpected outcome, that good feeling is I'm gonna make it through this. That I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna overcome this. That this is gonna be resolved. So don't confuse it. Happiness with popularity. You know, you can be popular and still, you know, not be happy. You know, uh, popularity is when other people feel good about you, but happiness is when you feel good when you feel good about yourself. You know, it's, happiness is what you think about yourself, what you think about your character, um, and what you think about your own accomplishments. You know, all of those things. This, helps to determine what your sense of self-worth is. And so happiness is um how you feel what what how you feel about the happenings that are going on in your life. You know, a lot of times, you know, people look for their hap- someone else to bring in their happiness and uh to them and you know, but that's not the way it goes. You know, uh, Galatians 6 and 4 says, "Well, let every man prove his own work, and then you shall then you shall have then he shall have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. So your happiness doesn't come from somebody else coming trying to make you happy. It's your happiness comes in from you proving your own works, from you understanding your own life and developing your own attitude and your own feelings about your life. That's how your happiness comes. You know, um, uh, don't see your life as a life of scheduled defeats, but you got to see your life as a parade of miracles. You know, God can step in and change any situation that he wants to change. Jesus said it like this. You know, you got to decide that you want to be happy. But he tells us like this. He said, these things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. God, you know, God doesn't leave us, you know, wondering about how to, he doesn't, he didn't leave us uh, trying to, figure out how to live this life or figuring try to figure out how we ought to uh function in this world. You know, he tells us exactly what to do, exactly how to get our happiness, how to get our our joy fulfilled, everything, how to resolve issues, make decisions. The Bible tells us everything that we need to do or how to do everything that needs to be done. All right? So happiness doesn't start around you, it begins inside of you. So don't wait on uh, others to uh, to make you happy. You already have the seed of happiness on the inside of you. What you have to do is begin to water and nurture that seed so that it will grow on the inside of you and manifest itself on the outside where people will see happiness and joy on your face. face they'll see it in your lifestyle. They'll see it in what you um in what you do and what you say, and so it's on the inside of you. So the question is, do you feel do you feel good about yourself? If you feel good about yourself, then happiness should not be a hard a hard goal to achieve. If you don't feel good about yourself, you're first going to have to reevaluate and develop better feelings about yourself, so that you will have a foundation to actually build your happiness on. So uh, if the answer is no, then the question is, why not? Why don't you feel good about yourself? 
You know, uh, Satan is is the accuser of the brethren. You shouldn't be sitting around um, accusing, throwing accusations at yourself. You know, a lot of people do that. You know, uh, don't let your past hurts and your memories uh, chain you in uh, into a prison of defeat. You know, you have to smash the locks on that particular prison, regardless of what you've done in the past and regardless of uh, maybe some uh, disappointments you may have had. God is bigger than that. You know, God is bigger than that. You can just say, God, free me, deliver me, set me free, forgive me of my anything that I've done that I should not have done if you haven't repented for it, and go on. God says that, guess what, that he'll forgive you of your sins and cast it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to bring it up again. So if God will not remind you of your past, then why do you remind yourself of it, of your past? Happiness is a feeling good about yourself. It's your sense of worth, and it determines how good you really feel. So it's a good feeling about yourself, but it also determines how good you really feel. And uh, feeling good or having happiness depends on two things, and that's for everybody. It depends on your relationships, and it depends on your achievements. Remember I said we were created for relationships, and we were created to do great things. So happiness is is, is, is um depends on your relationships, and it depends on your achievements. You were built for connection. Your heart requires fellowship, you know, God says two are better two are better than one. If two or three are touching and agreeing on anything, I'm in the midst. When Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them two by two. We were built for connection. Our heart requires fellowship. Um and then our mind requires negotiation, meaning we are able to think and reason and, and ration. So, you know, uh, we we long for understanding, you know, and so that's where our achievement comes in. That we want to achieve things, we want to be able to to uh, negotiate, figure stuff out, you know, uh, walk it out and, and actually get it. So you know, we were estab- God God established um, within us a need for relationships because relationships satisfy two huge needs of the human heart. The first one is the the need to receive love and then the need to release love. Okay, so you have um, an, an an inward spiritual uh, desire that God put on the inside of you, a craving to make a to make contact, and that's why the enemy comes in sometimes and isolates people, and then they feel lonely, they feel unloved, they feel unappreciated because they isolate themselves and they don't connect to people, or they're looking for one particular person or one set of people, you know, to make them feel good about themselves. And because that's not our assignment, it doesn't work. You have to develop that good feeling inside of yourself. You have to water that seed that's already there on the inside of you. And so uh, you have to uh, get past all of the wounded areas of your life, get healed from them, you know, and reach out for the happiness that God intends. So there are four essential ingredients for happiness. And you will recognize all of these, and they're very important. So if you're taking notes, four essential ingredients. Number one, your relationship with God is a must. If you're going to be happy in life, your relationship with God is a must. He created you. He knows you well. He has... uh, he has read every single sentence in your mind. He knows your thoughts before you even think them. He knows the words you're going to say before you speak them. So God requires honesty, so as well as holiness. 
everything that we do in our lives has to be on the foundation of holiness, but we got to be honest. So we have to make sure that our relationship with God, with God is in right standing. So it is a must. Our relationship with God is a must. Number two, your family relationships are vital. You know, your family uh, relationships are vital to your happiness. You know, that's where a lot of people struggle because they don't have good relationships within their family. They find it, I mean, they struggle in the area of happiness because there's no, no happiness in the family, turmoil, fighting all the time, disagreements, all those kind of things, estrangement. You know, uh, people are estranged from one another. They live in so far away to make no contact. They don't call. They don't do anything. You know, so your family relationships are vital. You know, uh, the winner is the one who sees the needs of each member of your family and strives to help them to feel to help them feel any emptiness that that is there. So you can actually be an a a change agent in your family. You can bring happiness and joy back into your family um situation. So spend time with your family. You know, it's never wasted when you spend time with your family. You know, Wipe out the criticism. Get rid of the sarcasm from the climate or the atmosphere of your home or your family life. And just begin to actually um, uh, experience joy and happiness. Bring that to uh, your family life. So, okay, so you're, that's number two. Your family uh, relationships are vital. Number three. Friendships are greater than gold. That's going to be very important. You got to, like I said, you got to have the right people around you. You know, they satisfy that inward part of us. Good friendships. You know, discern those um, friendships that have been orchestrated and ordained by God and by the Holy Spirit. Build on them carefully, consistently, and wisely. Take your time in, in establishing and building those friendships because, you know, uh, David said it like this, there is one that sticks closer than a brother. And, of course, he was talking about Jonathan. We related to Jesus Christ. But, hey, Jonathan was closer to him than his own brothers. And so establish good friendships. Take your time to develop them. And then number four, setting goals is important to achieving your happiness. Everyone wants to, uh, everyone needs to feel that they've achieved something with their lives. So when you stop producing, when you stop producing, loneliness and laziness would choke all the enthusiasm from your living. So, you know, what is it that you would like to be doing? What job could you uh, turn on? Uh, what job could turn on the excitement inside of you? You know, what are you doing about it? You know, what are you doing to keep that motivation and that adrenaline flowing, that happiness going in your life? What goals do you have set in your life that you can achieve and then be excited about? You know, um, get started on a project in your life. If you're not doing anything right now, create a project. Find something to do that's going to bring joy to your life. Uh, Start building on your dreams or things that you want to get done or places you want to go. Start finding out what you need to do. You know, decide on a goal. Decide the goals that God intended and get going with it. Start doing it that day. You know, uh, happiness is a cool. You got to find these, you got to apply these things to your life, to your life so that you can be happy. You know, happiness is the fragrance of an obedient life. And we find that in Matthew chapter 5. Verses 3 to 11, and you'll know this because it starts off with blessing it, but that word blessed means happy, 
happy. And so just think about like this. It says blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we're going to replace that with the word happy. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Happy are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Happy are the the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Happy are they which are which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are they, happy are they, happy are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So you if you can be happy in, in, in what Matthew five verses three through eleven says, then you know you can be happy in your everyday life. You know, God is right there to make sure that you are extremely happy in your everyday life. So let's talk about, let's go back, you know, as we uh, almost are coming to finishing this segment. Uh, let's talk about relationships because, again, we were created for relationships and most people are unhappy because of some type of relationship. You know, they're just not waking up in the morning and saying, well, you know, I think I'll be unhappy today. No, it's something that is going on and you can almost bank it, that there's some kind, whether it's a family relationship, whether it's a personal romantic type relationship, whether it's a co-worker relationship, whether it's just a friendship type uh, friends, uh, friendship relationship, or whether it's actually siblings, brothers and sister type relationships. It's some type of relationship that's doing something in a person's life that's creating unhappiness or keeping them from valuing themselves correctly, having good, strong Self, godly self-esteem about them. It's some type of relationship that's hindering that. Somebody is in your circle that shouldn't be in your circle right now. So there's an evangelist that says it like this. He says, when God wants to bless you, he puts one person in your life. And he says, when Satan wants to destroy you, he puts one person in your life. It only takes one person to bless you. It takes one person to, to destroy you. Just one. Ask Samson. It just took Delilah. To do something, it just takes one person to destroy you. So a lot of times, um, in people are unhappy because of the, the the relationships they have. Because even if you have a disappointment in life, if your circle of influence, your circle of friends are positive, happy people, they're going to know how to step in and help you make it past whatever it is that you're going through. Okay, I don't know what happened to that. Uh, it went off the air, something with the blog talk radio. Okay. So anyway, it only takes one person um, to actually um, uh, bless your life and one person to destroy um, your life. And so let's look at um, relationships and how these relationships can either um, discourage you or how they can actually bring happiness in um into your life, and um, that's going to be important for you um, because uh, the type of relationships that you have will determine whether or not um, you have some happiness in your life, and again, we all want to be happy, so let's look at these relationships. There are four kinds of people that Satan will use to distract you or to do more 
or to demoralize and discourage you. Number one, those who do not really accept your assignment. Those are there are four kinds of people. Something's going on technical difficulty. There are four kinds of people that Satan will use to distract you. Number one, those who do not really accept your assignment. These are the people that do not really know you. They um, have not spent time um, with God. You know, fasting and praying for you. They usually they look on the outer appearance of you and your circumstances, and what they do is they laugh at your dreams and your goals. You know, so these are the people that they don't really know you. They 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 um they are around you, they say they're for you, but they're really not for you. And so what happens is because they're laughing at your dreams and your goals, they bring some level of unhappiness to you because <clears throat> you need you have a desire for somebody to um uh, to be in your life who can encourage you. Um and unfortunately, sometimes the enemy does send people, and we don't recognize it until it's too late, until we've actually engaged uh, for a length of time with that person. Uh, but they actually don't have your best interest at heart. And so um, unhappiness is what they bring instead of happiness. You know, uh, these are the people um, who will not just, they absolutely just don't accept or appreciate your assignment. You know, and so then number two, those who do not truly respect your assignment. You know, if you have somebody in your life who uh, truly does not respect your assignment, it's going to be a problem. You know, these are the folks that, you know, you have to mark them. These are the people who have little respect for your assignment. They may love you, but they do not respect your assignment. So let me tell you, it's like this. If you uh, are, let's say, um, you're called into Christian leadership in the area of ministry, and let's say you're called to preach or you're called to teach, or maybe you're a psalmist and you sing, whatever the case may be, these are the people that will not, who that will uh, have little respect for your assignment. You will, you will speak somewhere, you will preach somewhere, you will sing somewhere. They'll never show up. They'll never come here. They'll never come support you. They'll never come hear you. They'll never come see you. They will not. You know, and then these are the ones that will actually speak against what you're doing. They won't necessarily call your name, but they'll speak against the. Um, the area that you're in. If you're a business owner, these are the people that are know that you're in business. These are the people that are know the products that you sell. They'll know the type of services that you render to people, but they will not patronize you. They won't buy from you. They won't send. They won't send other people to you. They won't tell anybody about your business. They won't pass a flyer out. They won't give a business card out. They will not do anything. They will mock it every chance that they get with little subtle comments, under-the-breath type comments about the type of business that you're in. Or if you're trying to advance in your career professionally on your job, these are the people that will start putting down uh, 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 the type of position that you're in or the type of job that you have. I mean, you can't get anywhere on that job. You can't get anywhere doing that kind of career. This is a kind of comment. They'll just totally disrespect your assignment. Okay, and then you have the ones, uh, when we talk about these people, when we talk about marking them, let me go back. When you talk about marking these people who have little respect for your assignment, you know, uh, love is always finding somebody, someone desirable, but respect is finding someone necessary. You know, when you want somebody to respect you, you need those people in your life that are necessary for your life. You know, if they're unnecessary, they're unnecessary if they're disrespected or have a lack of respect for what it is, for your assignment, for what you do, for your life in general. So if you have people in your life like that, then never let them linger. 
Never linger in the presence uh, of those who do not respect your assignment. You know, people will never protect what they do not respect. And a lot of times in, 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 in people's lives, they have wimps in the place a warrior should be. God has warriors on the outside of the fence waiting to come into your life so they can pray for you, guard you, protect you, watch over you, intercede for you, but they can't get in because you got the wimp occupying the space that the warrior is supposed to be in. So you have to redefine that relationship and you have to get the warrior, you have to get those, not warrior, you have to get the wimps out so that the warriors can come in. Ask Gideon. You got to do whatever you have to do, but you got to find those wimps and you got to let them go. Because a wimp in the, in your life um, is going to produce some unhappiness because when you need encouragement, when you need somebody to speak into your life, when you need somebody to uh, plant a seed or to do something positive for your life, they're not going to be there to do it. They're literally going to do They're not going to do it. So you never linger in the presence of those who do not respect your assignment. And then the third type of uh, people, those who will not protect your assignment. And remember, I just said people will not protect what they do not respect, okay? And so those who uh, won't protect your assignment, and I'm not talking about this fist fighting and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about going to, to into prayer for you. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm talking about interceding for you. I'm talking about the people who know all about you. They know uh, they have some concern for you. I'm talking about the people who will actually know your shortcomings, know your faults, and they'll still pray for you. Now, they'll pray for you, but they won't be talking about you. And whenever they need to talk about what's going on with you, they're going to come to you and talk to you. Those are the people that you can trust, the ones who can honestly come to you and talk to you about what's going on. Those are the ones, if you remember, um, you know, even though Saul was jealous of David and was out trying to kill him, David never spoke against Saul. He never disrespected Saul's position because at that time Saul was king. Okay, that doesn't mean that he didn't know um, about what Saul was doing. He just didn't speak against Saul. All right. So then you have so you have to move away from people who will not protect your name and um and your focus and your calling. You gotta move away from people. you you need some warriors around you. You need the warriors, the people who can sit in the company of others and when other people are speaking negative about you, especially untruths, the warrior can step in and say, You cannot speak against a man or woman of God in front of me like that or I'm not gonna allow you to speak against her business like that because she's a woman of integrity in business. He's a man of integrity in business. He's a good professional. She's a good professional. They're doing good in their career. I'm not going to let you speak negative about them. You know, um, there are ways that, you know, that people can shut down conversations that are coming against you, you know, uh, trying to attack and to destroy your credibility and your integrity, you know, in the uh, community and in the atmosphere and in the environment. So you got to move away from the people who won't protect your name and your calling and your focus. You know, wrong people bring life um bring uh wrong people breathe life into your weakness all right they don't bring they don't they don't speak faith to you they don't try to help you they breathe life into your weakness they all they criticize they demean they put down they talk about you know if they ever find out about a weakness or a shortcoming they're gonna gossip they're gonna do all of those things that's what the wrong people do the right people 
will starve your weakness. They will not feed your weakness. They'll pray for it. They'll cover you. They will speak into your strength. They will speak into. They'll speak faith into your life. The right people do the right things when they come into your life. Then uh, the fourth are those who don't expect you to really. Those who do not expect you to really achieve your goals. These are the people that have little faith in you. You can have them in your life. If you're going to choose happiness, if you're going to be happy and your focus is going to be intentional in 2012, you cannot have the people around you who do not have faith in you. You have to have those around you who have faith in you, who will believe um, what you tell them that God is showing you about your life. All right, you have to you have to have people around you. Uh, most of the time, we um, is usually, well, I should say sometimes, it's usually people in our families, you know, who um, feel, uh, you know, like you know they don't really have a lot of faith in women because they think they know us. You know, they think, oh, well, I've been knowing you all your life. You know, and so usually sometimes it could be a family member. So don't waste your energy and your time trying to attempt to persuade them. You know. God is God will vindicate you. God will show forth whatever He will bring it to pass. He will manifest it. He will He will uh, allow them to see that what you've been speaking about your life is exactly what God told you to say about your life. And what happens with your life is exactly what God purposed to happen with uh, with your life. So um, uh, time will validate you. Don't try to prove anything. And you know sometimes it's hard. I know it's hard, but Galatians. 6 and 9 says this, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So even if it's family member, press, press, press. Press your way to get yourself together this year. Press your way to make it happen. Press your way to trust God. Build your faith up um, in the in the things of God. Press your way to live a godly life based on a kingdom principles. Press your way to accomplish everything that God to do not get weary in well-doing. You know, continue on, continue on. It's going to happen for you. And so uh, if you're at that place where the unhappiness in your life or some unhappiness in your life is a result of different types, uh, types of relationships that you've been involved in and what has gone on in those relationships, then you're going to need the Holy Spirit to help you choose relationships. You you know, the Holy Spirit will give you discernment regarding your friendships. You know, sometimes we pick friends based on what they look like, based on what we think. You know, they look like they'll be you know, they'll be a good friend. They talk a good talk initially when you first meet them, you know. But you have to allow the Spirit of God to show give you discernment regarding um uh friendships. You gotta you want to be able to Mark people, you know, um, and be able to discern who are the right people for your life. You know, the Holy Spirit will increase your patience with others. You know, sometimes we expect too much from other people. Like I said, other people can't make you happy. They can't bring you the happiness that you're looking for. And so sometimes we expect way too much from people. So we have to learn to be patient with people, get our happiness from the inside, allow our Build our inner man, man, uh, man up. Allow God to uh, water that seed that's already there on the inside of us for happiness. Allow God to water that seed and give the increase. But don't look for someone else to make you happy. The only person that can do that is you and God. God, you create me to be happy. There's a seed already on the inside of me deep down. Uh, the Word of God says that you know there's rivers 
of living water on waters on the inside of me. So there's no reason that there should be anything on the inside of me, spiritually or in the natural, that's dead. Because as rivers of living waters flowing on the inside of me. And so if I need happiness, then that river of happiness that needs to be flowing on the inside of me, you know, along with some other rivers that will help me to maintain that um that happiness in life. And so we need to make sure that we surround ourselves with people who are happy people and who can encourage us, but we don't depend on them to make us happy. We have our happiness, our, our happiness is already on the inside of us. We have to be, number one, become self-aware. You've got to figure out who you are. Find out, God, who am I? You must develop good self-esteem, and the best way to do that is to find out who you are. Pray and ask God. Go into the secret place. God, show me who you created me to be. Show me things about myself that I'm not uh, aware of, I'm not seeing. Maybe I'm in denial about it or, you know, I'm not wanting to admit it. If I'm strong in a particular area, show me that I'm strong in that area. If I'm gifted, show me that I'm gifted. You know, go into the go to the creator and ask him about who he created and what it is unique about you and what is special about you so that you can start rejoicing about the good work that God has already begun on the inside of you and be confident of that, be assured that what God has done on the inside of you is a good work and that you have every reason to be happy in life. If you just stand on that scripture alone, being confident of this, he that began a good work in me shall perform it until the day of Christ, that there's a good work going on the inside of me. And if I'm not happy about anything else, I can be happy that God is doing a good work on the inside of me and he's going to maintain that good work until the day of Christ. So you have every reason right there to be happy. All right, then the Holy Spirit will give you the courage and the strength to withdraw from the companies of, of foolish people. If you're connected, the Bible said, don't keep company with, with fools. And so if you've got foolish people around you, God will give you the strength to withdraw from them. Sometimes we can't do it because um, we've become so comfortable with them being around them um, and being near them. Maybe it's friends, somebody you've been knowing for a long time. And, well, God, I've known her for a long time, or I've known him for a long time, or maybe it's a relationship that you made an investment in. You know, maybe you got money invested into it, gifts that you've given. Uh, it could be um, uh, an investment of time. You know, maybe you've been in a, a romantic relationship with a guy for, you know, uh, five or six years, or maybe you've been in uh, a romantic relationship with, with a female for X number of years, and you're looking at the investment of time. You're looking at the investment of your emotions the, and the investment of your mental uh, uh, state of being. You're looking at all of the investment that you have into that relationship, even though it's a foolish one, and you struggle with breaking away or withdrawing from it because you're looking at your investment, not realizing that, okay, you may have made an investment in that. It wasn't a good choice. The better choice is to withdraw from that relationship so that you can be free to be happy, all right? And so, um, you know, you have to refuse uh, to be to build your future around foolishness. That is not a good thing. All right, so you have to, you have to withdraw from that. So uh, you have to look at that. You have to say, God, I want my life to be surrounded um, with champions, people who are champions, people who know how to press in, and people who uh, appreciate me, who can respect my life. Those are the people that I want to be around. I don't want to be around again wimps and uh, critical people or uh, mean spirited people because uh, eventually you're 
actually, you know, take on some of those traits because you'll be so angry and upset about um, what's going on in your life as a result of being connected um, uh, to somebody um, that's not uh, doing anything. So, you know, in order to be happy, you're going to do some of the things that I've mentioned, but you also have to motivate yourself. You really have to motivate yourself to stay happy, um, especially if you have some company or some family situations or things um, uh, that you need to have changed. You've got to motivate yourself. You know, you'll never leave where you are until you decide where you would rather be. You know, you'll never leave that state of sadness. Okay, I don't know what's going on with Blog Talk Radio. It's a lot of technical difficulties for the last couple of days. But we're going to continue on. The devil is alive. We're going to get this teaching out for the rest of this uh, virtual conference. And so we're talking about motivating yourself. You know, um, if you're going to be happy, you're going to have to um, make a decision that um, you, you decide where you would rather be. Um, so, again, you will never leave where you are until you decide where you would rather be. So if you are... Uh, would rather be happy than sad until you make that decision, that choice to be happy, you're going to remain sad. Until you make that uh, choice to be happy, you're going to remain disappointed in life. You're going to remain discouraged and you may remain um, uh, uh, unhappy or uh, disenchanted about life and uh, and critical. So until you make a a decision to choose to be happy, you're going to stay exactly where you are. So you have to motivate yourself, you know, um, um, and so I'm going to give you a couple of ways before we close um, on tonight on how to um, uh, stay motivated, you know, um, in your life. Um, and some of the ways that you can stay motivated is uh, identify uh, what matters the most uh, to the heart, to your heart. You know, what is it that you expect out of life? What is it that that you want to re- that you are required to do in life? You know, what motivates you? You know, what gets you excited? You know, what has God spoken to you about your life? So whatever that is, you know, identify it and then say, hey, this this has meaning to it. This is meaningful. And so get excited about that. You know, say, these areas of my life matter to me. That's, you know, uh, what God has spoken to me, that's the heart of God for my life. And so it matters. It means something to me. You know, identify, you know, what matters the most about um, uh what God is saying to you, you know, uh, all of that is important. What what's it, what matters most to your life, what matters most to you about what God is saying, which should be everything So when God speaks to us, it's never uh, something that we should actually, you know, be trying to say, okay, well, I want this, but not that. You know, anything that God speaks to us is, is, is crucial and beneficial for whatever we're going through at that time, you know. Um, and then identify what matters the least to you. And the reason you want to do that is because those are the things that you can identify. That those are the things that you're going to be able to identify need to be minimized in your life or completely cut out. If they, if it, if it doesn't mean anything to you, then instead of allowing it to have precedence, precedence in your life, and then um, like a, a, a bad memory from your past, don't let it take for center stage. Don't let it get. Don't uh, let it show up in the, the, the forefront of your life. You know. Uh, forgetting those things which are behind. That's what Paul said. Put it in the past. That's the least, that should matter the least to you. It may have been painful. It may have um, 
been with me for a while, but in 2012 I make a decision that if it, it doesn't, it's not on the forefront anymore. You know, whatever those hurts are, those pains are, they're not on the forefront anymore. You know, um, uh, recognize the things that awaken your energy and your enthusiasm and your passion. And I've said this before, what gets you excited? You know, what gets you excited? So if getting you, if what gets you excited is learning about different things in life, then Learn about different things in life and allow that to put a smile on your face, a glow in your eyes. Do whatever you have to do um, to make that happiness last in your life. That's, it's, it's so uh, crucial that you do that. So, you know, so uh, motivation is very important to your happiness. And like I said before, we're going to have to do like David. We're going to have to encourage ourselves, you know, because when there's a lack of motivation um, in our lives, it affects um, uh, a lot of things, you know, it affects how we think about life, it affects how we live our lives, you know, it affects how we respond to different situations and, situations and circumstances in our lives, you know, so uh, we don't want to lose motivation because when you lose uh, m- uh, motivation or um, when you're not focused, of motivating yourself, um, then you can you can wear yourself out and you can become fatigued in life. As I mentioned earlier, you can become sluggish in your spirit and you can become even tired physically. And so you have to find ways to keep yourself motivated and you have to find ways to take breaks even through the motivation period so that you can become refreshed, revived, and renewed um, in your life. You have to do that. So uh, don't allow unhealthy uh, relationships to drain you, you know, drain the motivation out of you. That's crucial. I talked a lot of night tonight about relationships because we were created for relationships. And usually when there's unhappiness in a person's life, it always, always goes back to some type of relationship, whether it is a, a relationship that you have with God or some, uh, in, in most cases, uh, if you're unhappy with God, it's because you have a distorted view about God and you're not understanding what the Scripture teaches us about God or you uh, don't um, understand the Christian life and how to live the Christian life. And so when certain things happen, you become angry with God. And so the enemy allows, uh, the enemy puts that there and, and it drains or, or it robs you of your joy and your happiness in God. And so don't uh, allow unhealthy relationships, and even if you have a distorted or unhealthy view of God, you have to make a decision to press into going to Bible study, going to uh, class or reading, and open yourself up so that your mind can be, your life can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to allow the Word of God to work in your life. It's not about the hurts and pains, it's not about the disappointment, it's not about why, God, did you let that happen? It's about, God, who are you? I want to understand better who you are so that I won't respond this way. I want to get to know you better. I want to have an experience with you. And in that experience, I want to be able to adjust my beliefs so that my beliefs line up with what your word says about you. I want to be able to make uh, decisions. You know, uh, when I get to know you, get closer to you, God, I want to be able to make decisions about my life that are in alignment with what your word says. So, God, I want to get to know you better. If I'm going to be happy, I have to get to know God better. If I have an unhealthy um, view or unhealthy uh, um, mindset about God right now because maybe I don't understand what's going on in my life and I'm blaming God. 
because this particular thing is happening in my life. So I have to make sure that uh, I don't allow those unhealthy mindsets or unhealthy relationships to drain me emotionally and mentally. I've got to be honest with myself. It goes back to what we said at first, like examine yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. A lot of if that's the case, if your unhappiness is coming from that, then you have to find somebody to work with you, get a life coach, a ministry coach, get a counselor, do whatever you have to do to get yourself, your perspective back correctly and your understanding that you, know, you have to be able to get into the word without your pain being in the forefront, just your desire to know God. And you have to study to show yourself approved unto God, you know, so that we can uh, a worker that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We have to search the scriptures diligently so that we can, number one, get an understanding about the scriptures and get to know God better. If you have an experience with God, then everything will change in your life. Sometimes people know God, know about God, but they haven't experienced God. And so if you want to have want to um, have happiness in your life, then have an experience with God, okay? So make sure that you don't allow certain relationships to drain you. Um, so um, take an evaluation of those friendships that do not, that, that, um, that don't, um, speak into your life that uh, make you feel inferior, you know, uh, the ones that uh, don't recognize your gifts, don't recognize um, the calling of God on your life, um, those things. And like I said, you have those people who they absolutely, you have some people that come into your life and they just don't respect the they just don't respect your assignment. Those are the people that you have to get away from because your happiness is connected um, to some degree to relationships. But it's based on you already being happy and then um, allowing your happiness to impact a relationship or impact the relationships in your life and not looking for the relationships to make you happy. There is a difference. And so if that seed of happiness is watered and planted and it grows inside of you and your inner man is strengthened, you can learn how to manage your emotions, your mental state is good, then you'll be a happy person, and then you bring something to the relationship. If your self-esteem is low, if you're, if you're um, having some unhealthy thoughts, then you'll be looking for people to make you happy, and it never works. It never works. And so remember, happiness is a choice that you make. The main scripture for tonight was Acts um, 26, and um, uh, chapter 26, verse 2, where Paul says, I think myself happy. And then um, in Proverbs chapter 20, um, 9, verse 18, and we know this verse, it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. You have to get a revelation from God about your life. You know, uh, one translation says, um, uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. You have to get a vision, and that vision is revelation. You've got to get a revelation about your life so that you can be happy, and you find that revelation in the word of God. You have to do it through prayer. You have to do it through seeking the face of God. God, what is it that you're saying to my life and about my life for 2012? When you can get that revelatory information from God, when you get that revelation about your life, then it helps to breathe um, the, the joy of the Lord into your life and bring happiness to your life because then you have a sense of purpose, a sense of value, a sense of direction, you know, that God is going to use you or he's going to manifest something in your life or bring something into your life. Get a revelation. God, 
um, what do you have planned for me in 2012? Normally in January, a lot of churches do this. They have a time of fasting in January for direction. And normally I do. They do the Daniel's fast, you know, 21 days of fasting. And so um, uh, you may want to do something similar to that for the for the month of January, for, for the days that we have left, or just for a, a few days of January. You know, uh, when Daniel did his fast, the Bible said his appearance even changed and that he became even more wiser than the king's men. So if you want some wisdom and you want some direction and you want um, uh, God to refresh you and replenish you, you may want to set off a period of time of fasting and prayer and say, God, I need a better understanding about this joy, your joy, or I need an understanding about happiness. I need some direction for my life for 2012 because I want to, I don't want to just be happy in January because I'm excited about the new year. I want to be happy all throughout the year and the years to come. So you may want to set aside some time to go into the secret place so that you can seek the face of God because God says in his word that if in what you do in secret, when you go to him in secret, in that secret place, he'll reward you openly. And so you may want to go into the secret place and say, God, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sad. There are times when I'm sad and I just can't seem to shake it. God, there are times when I'm disappointed I can't seem to shake it. God, I want to start this new year off afresh. I want to be revitalized. I want to be uh, renewed. I want to be transformed for this new year. Holy Spirit, do a work in me. Do whatever you need to do so that I can get to a place of making the choice to be happy. I can focus my attention on the things that you have purposed for my life and so that I won't have to focus on the negative and the past memories. And so remember, uh, happiness is a choice. It comes when you intentionally uh, focus on making making it a choice for your life. You're going to have some um, decisions that you have to make. If you want to be happy, you're going to have to uh, Evaluate your um, relationships. You're going to have to evaluate your mindset. You're going to have to evaluate your emotions. Uh, sometimes people are unhappy because they're not managing their emotions correctly. So you're going to have to examine all of that, get it in the right perspective, line it up according to the Word of God, and then you're going to have to step out by faith and do what the Word says. So uh, if there are some relationships that you need to um, redefine, then redefine them, you know, uh, if you, your emotions are um, uh, uncontrolled, then you're going to have to ask God to teach you how to manage your emotions. God, I, you know, I feel anxious all the time. Or God, I, you know, I get overly excited or I um, I panic a lot. Or, you know, um, God, I just, I'm numb. I don't feel anything right now because I've had so much pain. I'm numb. I'm so I refuse to let love in. I refuse to let love out. None of that's good. So you're going to have to ask God to teach, to heal you from that, and then teach you how to manage your emotions better. If your thought life is off, as a man thinks so is he, God, I want my mind to be uh, renewed in your word. I want to be able to get into your word, and I want you to help me refocus my thinking, my mental energy, so that I can take on the mind of Christ and so that I can actually begin to perceive and see myself the way you see me so that I can produce healthy, happy, energetic thoughts in my mind that will manifest themselves in my life. And so if you are um, listening by phone and you have a comment or a question, right now you can press the number one. We have a few minutes left, and then I'll actually bring you on, and you can ask your question or you can make your comment um, online and... um, So if you would like to do that, just press the number one, 
and we can um I'll I'll be sure to make uh put you on. If not, we're gonna close in prayer and I wanna thank you once again. I really am humbled by your participation um in these sessions and remember if you registered for the um the virtual conference you'll get the replays um in your email. If you haven't um you may want to go to um to the website um www.gingerlondon.com that's G I N G E R L O N D O N dot com and go to the conference page and actually register for them so you can get on um, the email list. And when we send out the replays, you will actually have your email on there and you will get the replays. Um, for the last couple of nights, we have actually um, opened them up to where anybody can listen to them. But these were actually designed as a set of private blog talk radio shows for the conference registry, uh, reg- uh, registered attendees. And so we're going to do that again. We're going we're to, starting tomorrow, we're going to be talking about um, learning to uh, love yourself. That's tomorrow night at 7.30 Central Standard Time. That's Friday, January the 13th, 7.30, instead of 8.30, 7.30, and we're going to be talking about learning to love yourself. And so we're going to put them back as private radio shows. We're giving everybody a chance. Some people were a little uh, sluggish in registering and they couldn't figure out how to do certain things. And so I opened it up for the last couple of nights, two nights, and so we're going to put it back because I want it to be the group of people who really say, God is saying to me, this is the year to get myself together. And so I wanted like-minded people and people who had the same goals uh, for 2012 so far as getting themselves together to come together so we can have a platform where we can talk about certain things and topics and really deal with them. And then if you want to have comments and questions, then I can bring you on. Okay, so I'm going to go to caller with the last four digits of 1831, and I'm going to bring you on. Hello, you're on. This is Ginger London. Hi, Ginger. This is Heather Boyd. How are you? Hi, Heather. I'm good. Hi, Heather. How are you? I am great. And I uh, just checked my email about 15 minutes ago, so I haven't been on very long. But I want you to know that everything you said, you were speaking directly to me. And this is a year where I am going to get myself together. No more distractions and and wrong uh, associations, and, you know, I loved everything you had to say about, um, about um, not, you know, being around people that don't understand our assignment and what God has called us to do, and the enemy will bring people into our life to distract us or to lower our self-esteem, and, and it just drains your emotions and your, your energy that, you know, God has given us. Uh, you know, to um, to focus on him. So um, this is here just financially and spiritually and uh, relationships that I am going to get it together in Jesus' name. <laughs> I Amen. Thank, I just wanted to thank you uh, for for just being obedient to the Holy Spirit and doing this for the body of Christ. Thank you. I appreciate hearing that. I'm really humbled by that, and I appreciate it. I also appreciate. I know you may come. You know you you hit me on Facebook every once in a while, so I really appreciate that as well. But it is good to hear that the uh, the teaching is touching the lives of people, and that you know to hear that you, to hear you say that you're going to get yourself together in all those different areas. You know, all of us have something that we need to get together in our lives. But it's it's really refreshing and rewarding um, to actually 
see how God, the word of God is manifesting when the gift goes forward. So I want to thank you for that comment. And thank you so much for listening. I really, really, really appreciate you calling in and spending some time listening. It's really um, a very humbling and rewarding um, uh, um, to hear your voice on the show. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Jen. John, I just want to add one last thing because I thought okay. about even calling you before this radio show just to get some type of advice. I just felt there was something that the Lord had put in you that could import into me. And wow, I mean, just everything that you said just really ministered to to what I'm dealing with in my life. So thank you again. Oh, God bless you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Praise all the glory goes to God. And I'm just yes, I'm just really right. humbled that God uses me in, in that way and I get to actually experience and see the manifestation of the gift when it goes forward. So it's really refreshing and so encouraging to hear you say that. And so I really appreciate you saying that. Well, thank you so much. You have a wonderful uh, blessed year. Okay, thank you. Okay, hold on. All right, I want to thank everybody for uh, those who are listening by phone, for calling in. I really appreciate you. I'm I'm humbled by it. I, I know your time is valuable. And, I, I'm, you know, as Heather said, I, you know, I pray that you've been blessed by the teaching and that it is impacting your life. And, again, we're going to make, if you want to hear the replays, we're going to make it available to you so that you can download it to your computer, your iPod, iPod or whatever it is that you have, and hear it over and over again. And so, um I'm just really humbled by um, you um, listening on tonight. And again, on tomorrow night, we're going to be dealing with learning to love yourself. And so let's close out with a word of prayer, and uh, and I'll talk to you on tomorrow night. So let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on this evening. We love you, Lord God. We honor you. We bless your name. Father, we're just so humbled by your presence um, during this radio show. Holy Spirit, thank you for being the teacher and the comforter and the guide throughout this teaching lesson. And I pray that every listener, Father God, their lives would be impacted and changed. But I ask that you would reward them for their diligence and for their faithfulness for calling in and um, listening throughout the entire show. And, Father, even when the enemy tries to distract us with technical difficulties, we come against that in the name of Jesus. And for the rest of the shows that are scheduled, Father God, we pray for a smooth show, Lord God, no disconnections and no interferences um, with the, uh, for technology, Lord God. We know that you have a great thing that you want to accomplish in the earth through this through these radio shows. And I stand, Father, with my faith and agreement to that you have assigned me to do this. And, Father, I pray that you would release and um, dispatch um, warring angels, Lord God, to go before me throughout the next series of shows, of the shows that are left, Father God, to war off any demonic attacks in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over every listener on this phone, on this radio show phone line, Lord God, in the chat room, wherever they may be, just listening through through the Internet. I pray and plead the blood of Jesus over them. I thank you for this opportunity. I don't take it lightly, and I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth is all the words that you have sent on assignment to your people. I pray, Father, that everyone would have a blessed evening, Father, and that 2012 would be their greatest year ever. Father, we thank you. We love you, Lord God. We're believing by faith, and we're setting our faith in agreement with the word, with your word and with everything that you've spoken into our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Amen. Good night, everybody. Talk to you on tomorrow. God bless you. And it is my prayer that God will move mightily in your lives for 2012. Thank you. Thank you.